Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Today, we're going to be talking about two things that are kind of different sides of the same coin, overthinking and becoming a person who takes action. Because the reality is what keeps us out of action is spending too much time in thought, in projecting, in worrying, in assuming, in planning even. And I want to say that planning can be very productive and it can also be very unproductive. And you can look at your results to know, is this planning helping me to get the results I want? Or am I spending so much time and effort in creating the plan, revising the plan, trying to make the plan better, adjusting the plan, ditching the plan, looking for another plan that I'm really not getting any results at all? And I get a lot of questions about how do I stop overthinking And I think the way that we do that is by building our skill set as it relates to becoming a person of action. So what we're going to talk about today are five ways to stop overthinking things. But at the same time, we could call it five ways to get more done, five ways to become a person of action. Because I love to start a year thinking about what is it that I want to create this year? What are the changes that I want to bring into fruition? Sometimes that means new things. Sometimes that means getting rid of existing things. Often it is a combination. But I want to say that action is what creates clarity. And planning, especially for those of us that love a blank new notebook or are obsessed with office supplies, the planning can feel really good and exciting and fulfilling even. But we have to acknowledge that planning is not the same thing as doing and planning is not what gets us results. It might help our action, but it might not. And this is where self-awareness is so important. The planning is not necessarily productive. Having a great plan does not necessarily mean that you are going to get good results. So I want us all to be thinking about how can I become a person of action this year? How can I make this year a year of action, a year of doing, a year of learning from doing more than I'm learning from planning? A year of starting before I'm ready and not wasting time and energy in worry and overthinking. So the first thing when we talk about these five ways to stop overthinking that are just as easily described as five ways to become a person of action, get more done, do more even when you're not sure or you're not ready. The first one is to use your calendar to create structure and peace of mind. And I know this might sound like the way to take more action is to plan, but here's why I don't think 
that's what this is. And that's not what I'm saying here. Let me give you an example. So as I'm recording this and when you're hearing this, I'm pregnant. I'm more than halfway through my pregnancy. And just like in my pregnancy with Dagny, I have all of these thoughts of like, okay, I want to get this far ahead on the podcast before the baby comes. And I want to get this done and that done and get this off my plate. And there are a few really big things that I want to either finish or make tremendous progress on before this baby comes. And that can take up a lot of mental space. For example, I want to get the manuscript of my book done, finalized, sent to the page layout people, the editors, the um, the cover design people, the printers, all of that before the baby comes. That's huge. I want to be three months ahead in recorded podcast episodes so that I'm not feeling like, oh my gosh, I have to record an episode. When am I going to do it? When the baby's a newborn. Um, daily mindset upgrades. You know, those are things that I record every single day, but I don't want to feel like with a two-day-old infant, I've got to record a daily mindset upgrade. So those are the thoughts that I can get caught in overthinking or worry or even planning about. And this is where I think we can use our calendar to create structure and peace of mind and eliminate overthinking. So let me tell you what I did for these big things that I kept thinking like, how am I going to get this done? And when am I going to have to, you know, how am I going to make enough time for writing as well as not only enough time to keep up with the podcast, but to get ahead on the podcast. I opened up my calendar. It's not some special fancy planner. It is the free Google Gmail calendar that comes with my email account. And I started blocking out time. Now, back up here for a second. One thing that I also do that helps with overthinking is I have a three or four hour block about once every six months where I schedule things like my annual or semi-annual dentist appointment, my annual physical, um, getting my oil changed, all of those sorts of things so that I don't feel like they're constantly popping up. And when I schedule those things way ahead of time, I can usually get them, if not in the same day, certainly in the same couple of days. And that's very, very helpful. So maybe that is something that you can put on your calendar now for next Tuesday afternoon or whatever it ends up being that you are going to book your next dental appointment, your next general physical, your next oil change, your next tire rotation, and your goal is to get those things if not scheduled in one day, in two days, all right? And the reason that that is relevant here is because if I were looking at my calendar January through May or June or July and making this plan, but it kept getting screwed up because, well, now I can't do that because it turns out I have a doctor's appointment or the kids have a doctor's or dentist appointment. Do this too if you have kids for them. Have it all within that couple of day period as best you can. It might take you six months to get to that point, but that's okay. Start making that attempt now. I know, for example, barring any sort of surprise appointments, I have all of my OB visits, endocrine appointments, all of that scheduled out through the end of my pregnancy. And yes, of course, different things will come up. An appointment get, might get canceled or moved, but I have those things accounted for. So then I just blocked out time. Okay, the first three days of the month are knocking out, you know, five podcasts. And then the last three days of the month, and I'm talking business days, are knocking out, you know, the next 
five podcasts. So I don't feel like every week I'm like, crap, when am I going to find time to podcast? It's there. Then I have my time blocked out. When am I writing? I know that Monday through Friday, I've got to have time on my calendar for social media and emails. So I put that on my calendar so I'm not like, crap, there's so much going on tomorrow. And on top of all of that, like I, I've got to get time in for email. When am I going to do that? Those things don't weigh on my mind because they're on my calendar. I also, and you've probably heard me say this before, I put Monday through Friday dinners on my calendar, meaning not like what time I'm going to eat because that often varies with what time Chris is home. And even if I had an idea that can shift, but what we're eating. So I know that tonight we're having spaghetti squash and ground beef and tomato sauce with goat cheese. I know that's what we're having. So it's not a text back and forth like, what are we doing for dinner tonight? Do you want me to bring something home? Do you need me to pick something up at the grocery store? It's there. Doesn't mean that sometimes things go wrong and like, oh, shoot, I thought we had ground beef, but we didn't, or I forgot to thaw it, or I'm not in the mood for that. Sure, those things come up, but it eliminates that middle of the day, like, what are we going to do for dinner tonight? I don't even know. And you know what? We don't have anything for breakfast in the morning. It just eliminates a lot of that. Similarly, I use my calendar. If I'm uh, fixing lunch and I think, shoot, I need to send that thank you note to Chris's uncle, I will literally put it on my calendar. Now, typically, I have like an admin block in my calendar and not maybe you don't have that. Maybe you don't need that. Certainly for me in business, it's helpful. At least three days a week, I have that admin block on my calendar and I'll open up that calendar appointment and in the description, I'll put send a note to Chris's uncle or send a card to my grandmother or write the check out to the construction company or whatever it is. That way, there's not always 16,000 to-dos floating around in my mind. In fact, just when I was prepping to start recording this podcast episode, I had one of those pop-up thoughts like, I wonder where we're at. I need to find out where we're at with those email footer designs. That happens constantly. So in my email block for this afternoon, I open that up in my calendar. I go to the description and I type up, you know, email so-and-so to check on XYZ, right? I do that when those things come up and then I don't feel like I'm trying to remember 16,000 things. I used to use my notes app for this a lot, but what I found was after the end of the day, I might have six or seven different notes to myself and one might get buried or one might get missed or I'd then be thinking, oh, I have notes about X, Y, and Z and I need to find time to do it. I put it on my calendar all right? I also put silly repetitive things like going to the grocery store. I put it on my calendar so that I know when I'm going to do that. It might turn out that, you know what? I had an appointment. It finished up early. I'm right by the grocery store. I'm going to pop in now. That's okay. Then I just delete that from the Saturday block that it was in or the Sunday block that it was in. And now I have more time, but then I'm not trying to figure out like, gosh, this weekend, okay, we have this and we have this, but at some point I need to go to the grocery store. I need to go before we don't have any more meat left or we don't have any more vegetables left or any of those kinds of things. So that is one way to eliminate overthinking and help you get into action. The other side of this that I think is as valuable is that when we wake up in the morning, we're not 
saddled with that, what am I going to do? When am I going to do it? I have so many things that need to get done. What should I start with? When I first started in business, I probably went through a solid year and a half where that's how I operated. I knew 100 million things that needed to get done, and I probably wasted at least 20% of my time, realistically, probably a lot more than that, going through the, should I do this first? I don't really want to do this. Maybe I'll start with this. And then at the end of the day, I've put off the things that are the most challenging for me, and I don't want to do them at four in the afternoon. So when I'm scheduling my time, for example, my writing time is almost always in the morning because I'm not as focused, I'm not as creative in the afternoon. So in the afternoon is a great time for things like email, for things like um, any administrative work, any meetings. Those are really great times for that for me, but I try to keep the mornings for that creative work. For that reason, I'm really mindful when I can to not schedule doctor's appointments in the morning. I'd rather do that in the afternoon when I know that it's not my prime time for creative type work. I also know that for me personally, because my mind is more focused and sharper in the morning, that's when I schedule things that are harder for me, that take a little bit more mental energy. Going through email doesn't take a lot of mental energy. Doing administrative things doesn't take a lot of uh, mental energy, but maybe drafting the weekly email for Primal Potential definitely takes more creativity, more mental energy. I'm going to have that probably before 11 a.m., certainly not at 3 or 4 p.m., That is a huge piece of eliminating overthinking and becoming a person of action. I don't have to wonder, oh my gosh, when am I going to write that VIP email? It's on my calendar. I don't have to think like, do I want a podcast first or do I want to write first? No, I've already made that decision. And then it's just a matter of, of going through the motions. I will say though, one thing I've learned from this, don't overschedule yourself in a stupid way, Right leave room for things like, oh, while I was doing this recording, my doctor's office called and I've got to make time to call them back. I don't want to be so slammed that that screws up the next thing. So schedule a little more time than you think it will take or create buffers in between. Give yourself a couple strategic breaks. I try very hard to give myself a lunch break every single day, even if I don't take the whole thing, and to give myself buffer time at the end of the day so that I don't feel like I'm running over into five, six, seven o'clock because something came up in the middle of the day. So just just keep that in mind and learn from your own experience with this. My lessons come from you know what I've experienced and I make adjustments accordingly and you'll need to do the same. Okay, the second thing that we can call a way to stop overthinking as well as a way to become a person of action, live in daytight containers. I have loved this advice since the first time I heard it. Live in day-tight containers. So much of our wasted time and wasted energy is because we're trying to figure out Monday on Thursday, you know, and we are worrying about that meeting on Tuesday on Monday morning. Live in day-tight containers. I don't need to figure out how I'm going to 
uh, get everything done that I need to get done before I take Chris to the airport tomorrow. I don't need to figure that out today, right? I do take time at the beginning of each week to plan out my week, and I've actually done that for further out than a week because of all of the big projects that I have going on before baby two comes. But before that, I kind of did it week by week. So knowing, for example, that I have to take Chris to the airport on a Friday afternoon, I adjust my day accordingly, and I don't have to freak out about it while I'm trying to do something else on Thursday morning, right? Live in day-tight containers. Focus on what you need to do today. Sure, random thoughts are going to pop up about, just like I said the other day or a few minutes ago, you know, where is so-and-so on this project? All right, if I absolutely need that answer today, then I'm going to factor that into my calendar today. But if I'm not, then I'm going to put it on tomorrow's list, on tomorrow's calendar item, wherever it belongs, and I'm not going to spend energy on it today. I see this so many times when people are either trying to get out of debt or trying to lose weight. They'll be like, oh gosh, how am I going to like stay on plan or on track when I go to this birthday party on Friday afternoon? Or how am I going to uh, stick to my budget when I know that we're going on vacation next week? You don't have to solve that today. Live in day-tight containers. What is it that you need to do today? What is it that is a priority today? What are the action items for today? And this is a practice. This isn't a one-time decision. You are in a given day probably going to recognize that you are not in this day mentally in terms of your attention a hundred times or more. And we don't need to get frustrated about that. This is where the work is. This is where the practice happens. And that practice is redirecting to the day that you're in. I absolutely think about like, okay, Sunday, I want to get, you know, this done and this done and this done, but I also want to make sure that I have time to relax and time to watch football. Look, I don't need to solve that today. That's the advantage of of planning ahead of time, having that block, that block of time. For me, it's usually sometime on Sunday where I plan out the week, or as I said, I've done it for, for a longer span than the week before. If you have to make edits, you have to make edits, but don't use your daily energy and attention on trying to figure out tomorrow. Just redirect it to trying to figure out today, trying to optimize today, doing what needs to be done today. Live in day-tight containers. One redirect that I use for myself in the, in the hundreds of times a day when I notice that my attention is two days from now, or two weeks from now, or two months from now, what's the right thing right now? I don't need to figure out tomorrow. I don't need to figure out next weekend. What is the right thing for me to be doing with my time and my energy and my choices right now? So maybe you want to write that down. What is the right thing right now? And you might have to ask yourself that a hundred times a day or more. That's okay. The more you do it, the more it's going to kind of become a part of your natural processing. What is the right thing right now. The third thing is focus on what you will do, not on what you don't want to do, 
not on what you aren't ready to do, not on what you didn't do yesterday, not on what you're not sure that you want to do tomorrow. Focus on what you will do today. Those I don't want to or I didn't do X, Y, Z, I dropped the ball on blah, blah, blah. Those things can become rabbit holes that you will get lost in and they do not serve you. What will you do? A lot of times people are like, well, I don't, you know, I don't want to give up um, alcohol. You don't have to. Focus on what you will do today. Maybe today you will have one glass of wine, but not three, right? Focus on what you will do. Don't be like, oh, yesterday I said I wasn't going to drink and sure enough, I had a cocktail after work. Don't focus on what you didn't do, what you don't want to do, none of that. What will you do today? And just like the living in daytight containers, this is a practice. This is a redirect. I think about this all the time when it comes to working out. Oh, I don't want to work out. No, what I focus on to avoid overthinking, I should work out. Maybe I'll go to the gym. Maybe I can go later. Should I just do something at home? Maybe I'll just take today off and start again tomorrow. All of that is overthinking. All of that keeps you out of action. Instead of, I don't want to work out. I should work out. I didn't work out yesterday. I ask myself, well, what will I do? Focus on what you will do, what you're willing to do instead of on what you don't want to do or you aren't willing to do. So when I have that thought of, I really don't want to work out. Okay, well, what am I willing to do? And oftentimes for me, it looks like this. And granted, I'm pregnant, so it's probably a little bit different for me. It's definitely a little bit different for me in this phase compared to another phase. But I'm willing to do um, 100 bodyweight squats. I'm willing to do three sets of 10 kettlebell swings with my heavy kettlebell. I'm willing to um, walk up and down my steps 15 times, right? And maybe maybe those are not things I'm willing to do, but I'm willing to walk on the treadmill while I watch an episode of Yellowstone, right? Instead of focusing on what you don't want to do or you're not willing to do, redirect, practice the redirect to what you are willing to do, all right? The fourth thing, start before you're ready. Start before you're ready. I sent an email out about this to my VIP list. If you're not on it, just DM me on Instagram with your email address and I can add you. Um, You can find me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton. But I send out emails once a week. And uh, back in probably the middle of December, I sent one out about start before you're ready. And I shared that this is probably the most used piece of advice in my life. I was thinking about like, what's the best advice I've ever received? And yeah, I don't, I don't know because um, I don't know all of the advice I've ever received. But the most used piece of advice is start before you're ready. And I, I first heard this from my first ever CrossFit coach, Nathan Kyle. Um, he's been on the podcast a couple of times. And in context, he would say it to me when I was working out and I would pause to either get a sip of water or to catch my breath. And he'd say, start before you're ready, like go back before you're ready. And when he would say that, that would help me because maybe if he hadn't said that, I would have taken an extra 10 seconds or an extra 30 seconds to catch my breath a little more, maybe take one more lap around the barbell. Start before you're ready just got me re-engaged. But I use that in so many circumstances outside of the gym. So maybe I know that, you know, I need to start writing because it's that time of day, that's the calendar block. And I'm like, 
five more minutes. I'm just going to sit here with my tea for five more minutes. Or this morning um, when I had to come out to my office to record, it was rainy and snowy and I was kind of putting it off because I was like, maybe it's going to stop with this or it's going to switch over to pure snow. It won't be quite as gross because my office is outside of the house. It's on the property, but it's outside the house. I didn't want to go out in like the yucky weather. Um, And Chris was going to be home to shovel. I'm like, maybe I'll just wait till he gets back to shovel. And I use that advice, start before you're ready. You know, like, okay, I could wait five minutes. I could wait 30 minutes, but you know what? Let's use this as an opportunity to start before I'm ready. I also use this with silly things like I need to do the dishes from dinner, but like, I don't want to, maybe on the next commercial break. And then I start before you're ready. Get up right now. Press pause. TVs do that these days. Press pause. Go do it. Start before you're ready. And maybe for you, you're thinking about something you're going to start on Monday or something you're going to start on February 1st or whatever it is. Start before you're ready. A lot of times when we find ourselves overthinking, maybe I could do it like this or maybe I should do it uh, with this program or try and get somebody on board. Start before you're ready. Start now. When I... uh, you know, I send out these daily mindset upgrades for people who are a part of that. And essentially, it's just this daily text message from me to whomever gets them um, with a short way to practice upgrading your mindset today. And the cool thing about it is that it enables people to text message back and forth with me. And so one day I sent out one and I was like, tell me, tell me what you're going to do with this. Tell me what it means to you. And somebody texted back and they were like, I'm going to make this change. And I said, when? And uh, they said, I think the date they gave me when we were having this exchange was like December 28th or something. And I was like, no, that's ridiculous. At the time that was, you know, it was only like three or four days away. But I said, why would you not do it today? Well, because then I could have it ready to go, you know, by the first of the year. Well, if you do it now, you could have it by the first of the year too. (laughs) But start before you're ready. No matter what it is, practice with little things. Get up before you're ready. Start emptying the dishwasher before you really feel like it. Start your workout before you're ready. Get back to your workout before you're ready from a rest, right? Start before you're ready. That is a mantra that I use all of the time. And then the last one that I want to talk about in terms of like ways to stop overthinking is don't manufacture problems, right? Somebody messaged me the other day who is currently pregnant as I am. And um, they were saying that early in their pregnancy, they had a previous C-section, early in their pregnancy in the first trimester, they were experiencing pain at their incision. And she said, I'm kind of freaking out about like, if I have pain now, how much worse is it going to be when I'm in the second or the third trimester? And yeah, absolutely talk to your healthcare provider about that. But worrying about what you're going to feel or what you're going to experience or what you're going to choose or what you're going to do in even a day, never mind three, six, nine months, is just a use, a misuse of energy. It's paying a debt you don't owe, right? And I've shared with you guys before that I've, I've done this a lot, manufacturing problems with things like, what if? What if this happens? What if that happens? What if this doesn't happen? And Chris told me that not killing yourself with what if was 
the first lesson he learned at basic training when he was in the military and it, you know, he, we were sitting in the living room. I've told this story a hundred times, but for those of you who haven't heard it, I'll go through it really quickly. Um, I was what ifing about something and he was like, well, what if the house is on fire? What door are you going to go through to get out? And I kind of pointed to the door and I was like that one. He said, nope, you can't. It's blocked. So I pointed to a different door. That one. Nope, you can't. It's blocked. So I pointed to a window. I said, kick out the window. I go out the window. Nope, you can't. It's blocked. And it didn't take long for me to just kind of be exasperated. And I was like, okay, then I guess I would just die. And he said, don't kill yourself with what ifs. So that's the first thing that he learned in basic training. And even though, even when it's not like life or death, don't manufacture problems of, you know, what if I overeat at this party on the weekend or or what if I don't get a tax refund that I'm expecting to get? Be where your feet are. Don't pay a debt you don't owe in your own mind by manufacturing problems and pay and playing the what if game. You've got to recognize when you're doing this and then redirect redirect to something like, I live in a daytight container. I'm focused on this day. I don't have those answers yet. And look, I know this is not easy because this is something that I have to practice, no exaggeration, easily 60 or 70 times a day with regards to this pregnancy, right? I had a unremarkable pregnancy with my daughter Dagny, full term, went past my due date, you know, no issues throughout the entire pregnancy, you know, of any significance. And you know, she was born healthy. We brought her home. Everything was fine. And then 14 days later, she died and we were, we were shocked. We were stunned. And so in this pregnancy, I have a lot of what ifs. And, and they come from something that is very valid. They come from something that's not insane. I'm not a crazy person, but just because it is valid does not mean it's how I need to spend my energy. And I, and I have those moments where I'm like, well, what if this happens? What if this doesn't happen? What if there's another problem? What if this, what if that? And I have to practice literally 50 or 60 times a day coming back to, I don't manufacture problems. I'm not going to invent a problem that doesn't yet exist in my mind and then suffer that because of my imagination. I want to live in a daytight container. And on this day, based on what I know this day, I am fine. He is fine. We are fine. That's all there is. I'm not going to put myself through suffering because of my imagination. Don't manufacture problems. So those are my five things. And there's a couple other that I just want to throw in here, sort of bonus things that were on my mind as I was making a couple notes about this. Involve other people. You know, if you want this to be a year of action for you, if you want to stop overthinking and get more things done, whether it is the free Primal Potential Facebook group, that's an incredible community, or it's something like the 12 Weeks to Transformation self-study where there's discussion boards and there's other people working on similar things, or it's a mastermind that you join, or it's a colleague at work, or your sister who also listens to the podcast, or anybody else, like involve other people and have these conversations. This is what I'm working on. These are the tools that are most helpful. Have those conversations. Look for incremental improvements. This doesn't ever have to be all or nothing. You're going to make mistakes. You're learning. Anytime we're building a new skill, and this is a skill, the skill of, of really being present and being a person of action, there's going to be a learning curve. And it's probably going to be a long learning curve because maybe you've been overthinking things for 30 years, right? Or more. 
allow for it to be a process. And instead of seeing it as all or nothing, just look for incremental improvements. And send me a message. I would love to hear from you which of these are you using? Do you start to use your calendar in a more disciplined and proactive way? Is the mantra, you know, live in a day-tight container super helpful for you? Is it start before you're ready that's most valuable? Shoot me a message on Instagram. That's kind of where I'm really the most responsive. Um, At Elizabeth Benton is how you can find me there. I'd love to know which of these you're working on and what I can do to help or support you because this can be a year of action. And if nothing else, guys, let's make today a day of action. Talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to the Primal Potential Podcast, where our goal is not to help you learn. Our goal is to help you change. This is a year of action. Take something you learned from this episode and put it into action in your life today. To learn more about working more closely with me and the Primal Potential team, please visit primalpotential.com forward slash transform.